money myself. So I didn't grow up with money, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the kids were the same. They grew up in like you know, middle, low, middle class neighborhoods, and they never were told by their parents they were capable of greatness, capable of achieving whatever they wanted, right? And they came into my company. And then I taught them the skill, the straight line system, and it changed them. And it made them more powerful, allowed them to really go out there and become very wealthy. Can we so do something fun right now? Yeah, sure. Okay, because I read the part where you talk about tonality in the book and yeah. selling. Now, Envy used to be a salesperson. He would call people up cold, right, on the phone. Mm -hmm. a tele, what is it called? Telemarketing. 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 Yeah. I, telemarketing I, would like, I would like for Envy to practice that on you, and then you tell him how you would do it. Sure. Okay. So you go ahead and um, cold call up okay. Jordan. And hey, Mr. Belford, how's it going? This is Sean from Pelco Fuel. How are you doing this evening? Hey, so number one, he's so far so good. So he, is, he sounds good so far. He's upbeat, positive, right? He asked you how you're doing. Yeah, you know, that's very good. But a lot, if you get the average people say, hello, Mr. Belford, this is... See, he sounded yeah, like he was my yeah. friend. Sounds like a nice thing I would make a lot of money. The only it? thing that I would change in that, okay, is I, I would tip it, and depending on what you're selling, is I wouldn't call someone Mr. I'd say, hey, Jordan, how you doing? I'd call someone by their first name, because typically... Familiarity. Familiarity. Well, also, it's, a lot of times you don't actually get the person on the phone that you want to speak, depending on what you're selling, right? You right. Get this. So when you say, so, hi, Mr. Belfort, they know you're a salesman. Mm -hmm. If I say, hey, is Jordan there? Then they'll Sounds say, oh, more personable. Well, right, is it yeah. his friend, maybe, or something? So they get, yeah. you get through the second thing. But so far, your voice was good, and your, your tonality was perfect. Okay. All right. Hey, oh, okay, no, I'm at. All right. <laughs> so start over again and do it the right, right way. Hey, Jordan, how's it going? This is Sean from Pelco Fuel. Hope your day is going great. Okay, now watch. What he, now watch how good this guy is, okay? Notice he said, hey, Jordan from Pelco Fuel. You notice how he raised his voice up? He didn't say Pelco Fuel. Pelco Fuel is a declaration. Hi, that's a set, it's not a question. You you phrase it as if it was a question. Hey, Pelco Fuel, like, right? You know me. You See, know me. He, that's what she, that, <laughs> So that's, he's got naturally great tonality. So about if a hundred people would say that, only one, he's that well, one that would actually use the right tonality. Well, that comes from being a DJ, and he's been doing radio for 15 years. So no, no, he, but he, I, he, I no, didn't tell the market for four years. Yeah, but you, forget that. Right, you let's hear this, I want to hear you this but, but You read advertising yeah, every day. But notice how, like, he raised his voice about, like, yeah. Pelco? So you're like, I guess, do I know? I guess I know them. He so sounds like a nice, Versus, like, oh, God, who is this? Like, am I supposed to know this guy? So you start listening. Very, very good. Then I would say, um, oh, home eating oil is going up right now, and I got a great deal for you. I can save you money close to $200 a year on home eating fuel. Now he sounds like a salesman. Hey, well, what, I, what I would do is, I, so I would take a little bit of a different approach. I'd mm -hmm. tell you, you know, I'd say, listen, um, you probably haven't heard of my firm before, blah, 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 but what we special, reaching out to people in your area, I would sort of tell a bit more of a story mm -hmm. first. And so if you have 60 seconds, I want to share an idea with you. Got a minute? So I, I ask for permission. Mm -hmm. I say, just take a minute. Got a, got a second? And I use the reasonable mantle. Like, mm -hmm. got a minute? And the guy, they're like, yeah, sure, why not? Right, right? you sound like you feel like a... And they say, if, you, if you're a woman, I would say, I hear a baby in the background. I'm sure you're saving for college right now. I'm sure you want your child to <laughs> yeah. go to a, a big A school. little bit of humor is always good as well. So, <laughs> and he's paying attention to detail. Yeah, right. but I think one of the... Listen, one of the keys here, listen, obviously you have great tonality, right? And his instincts are correct. One of the things also is I... If he, he was going to do this... I would have a, you have a script. You, know, you want to know exactly, script, right? you always want to have a script, say, if, if telemarketing, you want to know exactly what you're going to say before you say, because when you know what you're going to say, then you can really focus on A, your own tonality, and B, what the person is saying back to you. So you can focus on their response, and by how they speak, you can tell what their level of certainty is, how interested they are, and so forth. So Then I would say, I don't want to sell you anything. I don't need your credit card info. We're not that type of company. If you have 60 seconds, we'll be in your area next week. I'd just love to chop it up with you for a couple. That's called the no big deal tone. It's a no big deal. See, we'll be in your area next week. No big deal. So he's got all the tone. So these, so now notice, there's basically a few core tonalities. And he's got them all nailed, right? 
when you use those tonalities, this is really what the straight line's about. There's actually a subject, just a, a chapter on tonality. Yeah, we which, talk about that, mastering the art of tonality. Bingo, right. So he's got them naturally, and when, when you have those, so I, I'm guessing that you outperformed almost anybody that you were selling next to, right? Absolutely. Of course you did, right? Because when someone has those tonalities, it just radically improves your results. So what this book does is it actually breaks those tonalities down. And here's the thing. Everybody, all of us, everyone sitting here, there's four people in the room, five, six in the room, every one of you has used these tonalities at a certain point in your life. You've mm -hmm. all spoken like, so it's no big deal, or you've asked a question, but you don't do it at the right time when you're selling. So the idea is once you learn how to apply it to a sale, it's just dramatic. You, you, you become an expert very quickly. Give us a few, uh, a few bits from the art of tonality. Okay, well, like he, he gave a couple of real good ones, right? Okay. So another one would be sort of um, lowering your voice to create. I say, listen, John, the reason for the call today. Okay, so I lower you lower your voice. And now sounds secret. You don't want nobody yeah, to know. See, applying scares you. Say, hey, John, you wanna, hey, listen, reason for the call today. And then they're like, what? Yeah, so yeah. that's a real big one, right? <laughs> Let me in on this. Yeah, and then, okay, how about closing? So so when, I, when I'm going to ask for the mm -hmm. order, I'll use three tonalities, and I hook them together, right? The first one is called absolute certainty. So when I'm talking certain, it means, you know, it's great, I'm positive about it, right? So I say, you give me one shot, and then I go, and believe me. Now I'm, I go to, to a natural calm tonality, which mm -hmm. is just sincerity. You, you're, you will not be sorry. And I say, sound fair enough? And I use the reasonable man tone. My goodness. Did you own a telemarketing firm in Long Island? Or you, you got no. I, everyone you worked for trained with me. They I'm all, sure. They all you seem like me. my boss. Back no. then, the uh, <laughs> he worked for, what was his name? He worked for me, I'm sure. I remember. Right? Every one of those guys learned all this from me. Goodness. So this, this, I invented this in 1988. And I'm, I promise you, everyone that taught you learned it. It was Does the straight line. Does that mean that this doesn't work on you? Goodness gracious. Oh, I'm the easiest seller. I'm, I'm a sucker. I listen. You know, part of the straight line system, right? In the back half, being so, you have two parts of a sale, right? Mm -hmm. You have the front half is when you make your presentation. You ask for the order for the first time. Now, and it would be wonderful in the world if everyone would say yes, but they don't. People have three options. They could say yes, I'll do it. No, I'm not interested. Or the third one is maybe. Maybe is all the objections you get. Let me think about it. Let me call you back. Bad time of year, right? Okay, so when you get hit with one of those objections, right, that starts the back half of the sale, when you get hit with your first objection. So depending on the person, everyone's different, we all have a certain set of beliefs about buying. Mm -hmm. Some people are very hard to sell to, some are very easy to sell to. I'm, a, I'm the easiest person. <laughs> you can sell me the Brooklyn freaking bridge, okay? <laughs> I just love to buy stuff, all right? Other people are the exact opposite. So with the straight line system, what we do, there are certain language patterns, we call them, right? you know, chunks of words that actually could take someone that's very, usually very hard to sell to, mm -hmm. and you actually can lower their action threshold, change their beliefs in the moment, and make them much easier to sell to. So that's another big part of the straight line as well. Now, you talk about uh, in the book, you said your number one asset in business is, is persuasion. You say in order to create your greatest destiny possible, it all boils down to your ability to persuade. I'm not sure how I feel about that, because mm -hmm. I'm the type of person who, I don't really want to do business with you if you don't really want to do business with me. Sure, yeah. I don't want to force you to do business with yeah. me. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not saying the only skill you need is persuasion, but I'm saying it's the most important skill, because you know what, so let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. Persuasion sales, it's like the salt on everything else. It's, those, by itself, listen, you can't just, if you just know how to sell, and here's a good example. When I was 22 years old, I went into business real business for the first time. I launched a meat and seafood company. And I was an expert salesperson just naturally. But I didn't know the rules of entrepreneurship. I didn't know about marketing. I didn't know about cash flow. And I went bankrupt. I was, because I knew how to sell, so I was able to create lots of selling, but didn't know the other aspects of business, right? 
that was sort of like my education was when you fail, you learn, right? Mm -hmm. Next time I went into business was in the brokerage business. Now I knew all aspects of business and I was able to succeed. The point is selling is the single most important skill, but not the only skill you need. And, and, and by the way, I'm not just, it's not just me who says, if you Google like Warren Buffett, mm -hmm. you, would, you wouldn't think, if they asked him, you know, what's the most important thing that you, uh, someone could learn? You'd think he'd say, learning how to analyze markets. You know what he says? Persuasion. Persuasion. He says it because without persuasion, you know, Warren Buffett would be the most successful money manager that no one ever heard of before because without the ability to share your ideas, listen, you're, you guys are all very successful here, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think? It's, it's, your, it's your ability to communicate. To get your, it's not selling someone a product. It's them to your ideas, your someone thoughts. Someone might not say your, yes your, right away. Your opinions, whatever it might be. The, the way you guys go about doing your business each day, it makes people want to listen. But we have earned that trust. So when they, you know, they've been listening to us enough to know that the things we say are honest. Right. You know, uh, from a, good place. a lot of the things we have mm, said sure. actually come true. Sure. So after a while, we've earned that trust. Yeah, so, 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 when, trust. So, so when they hear us, they're like, Correct. oh, yeah. okay, I can trust them because we yeah. have a history of being trusted. Now, and here's the thing. So now there's a very big difference. We're talking about two things. One is opening up a new customer, and number two is keeping them. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, okay, so over the long term, you earn their trust by being right, by giving them good information, by mm -hmm. being honest, ethical, right, and someone they can rely on. But if you sounded terrible in the beginning, you would have never gotten Done. that far. Done. At a certain, you get it. You have a certain yeah. point to capture mm -hmm. the customer. Then you prove yourself with everything else. So again, it's never just persuasion. Right. But without the skill, you don't get to open the door up. But how do you deal with a battered person? Like I'm a battered person when it comes to salespeople. Like I automatically, as soon as they start, I think it's bullshit. I say, have a nice day. I, I won't try to sell to you. One of the biggest mistakes that, and this is in the system, you know, this is, listen. But that's not being persuasive. Well, the point is, is that it's also about time management. In other words, the biggest mistake rookie salespeople make is they try to sell to everyone they speak to. Okay, the reason why I ask for permission, do you have 60 seconds? They say, no. Okay, I'm not, see, a person that's that closed off, you're not going to sell them anyway. I'm not going to try to turn around someone that doesn't want to hear about what I have to sell. Right. That's like trying to shove a square peg in a round hole. It doesn't work. So what you're doing essentially is when you're selling is when you were a salesperson, right? They gave you leads, right? right? They, they came from marketing. So mm -hmm. the purpose of marketing is creates leads, possibilities that you can sell to, right? Mm -hmm. The salesperson has to sift through those leads and find the ones that are interested and then to open to sell and then sell to them, right? Part The, the important part is to do that sifting quickly and, and elegantly so you're not making presentations to people who are never going to buy anyway. So persuasion only works when people are already open to buying from you? No, not necessarily. The point is is that it is there's obviously a continuous. If someone's completely closed off and not, of course I'm not going to try to sell them. That's a waste of my time. And yes, going to work with everybody. But, but, right. Well, you, well, you do encourage people in the book to use their persuasion tactics ethically. Ethically, of course. So well, I, well, I made the mistake of not always using them ethically. And, and here's the thing. The straight line system it, is you read this book, it's really powerful stuff. It is. And you can misuse it. And that's, I caution people not to do that because mm -hmm. I made that mistake and you want to go out Yeah, I went to jail. <laughs> I had to start over and thankfully you know, I was able to, to, to rebuild but many people don't. They, they right. it, It's a death blow to them. And, and I really, and this system's so powerful that I want to make sure that you use it the right way. You'll, you, listen, success and ethics are not mutually exclusive. You, you can do both. You can do it right as you guys said, you, you earn the trust of your people, mm -hmm. right? right? And you do well. You can do both. They're not, they're not one or the other. What makes, your what makes your persuasion tactics legal now and more ethical now as opposed to when you went to jail back in the day? Well, the, the persuasion system itself is never 
good or bad. In other words, imagine like it's almost let's use a gun for example. Mm -hmm. Is a gun good or bad? Well, in the hands of a uh, of someone that righteously is defending that, let's say you're you're home and and people are coming to rob you and kill your family, and you use a gun. Well, that's a great thing. You shoot people to protect right. the people you love, right? However, a criminal going out there you know, on, a, on a bell tower, and that's pretty bad. So it's not the weapon that's good or bad. It's the intent of the person using it. Same thing goes for persuasion. You take the straight line system, right, the way of the wolf, and you use that system to do good things, meaning to help people get things they need, to buy things they should be buying. That's ethical. If you take that system to use it just to make yourself money, and say, I'm going to sell anything to anybody. I don't care whether they need it or not. I'm going to manipulate them. I'll overpower them with my logic and reason and emotion. That's not ethical. Have you ever ran yeah, anybody like that you persuaded in the wrong way, not ethically? Oh, uh, you know, maybe once, once here and there, and they, but mostly will laugh about it pretty much. They laugh about it now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, for me, at least for me, I can't say. But again, I don't want to minimize. Like, you know, some people lost money. That sucks. I wish that I'd never done that. That never happened. But you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in that you can't change the past. And everyone, everyone here has made mistakes. We all make mistakes, Absolutely. right? It's what it's what you do afterwards. You know, do you live in your mistake? Do you want to dwell in your mistake and be paralyzed by that, or do you learn from that? And you grow and become stronger. Now, and do you ever get the itch to go back or to? Because I'm sure you can't trade anymore. But you well, know, I can't trade. You can? Yeah, I just can't. I can't own a brokerage room, but I can trade. I do trade myself. Okay. Sometimes, yeah. So you still trading everything? Yeah, but like, listen, I mean, you know, it's not so much the 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 itch of trading because I, I listen, you know, trading. It's a very dangerous game because you know, unless you want to do it full time and really watch, there's people that are professionals, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they're watching every second, so you have to really be up on the latest information to make money as a trader. But for me, like, you know, the thrill of it all was. Being in the mix of I had a thousand people in the firm, and you're motivating them every day. So, you know, I go out there on tour around the world, and I give you know seminars and stuff, and I get to get that sort of energy where I'm moving lots of people, teaching them the straight line system. And when, then, you know, when you're out there giving seminars, uh, you know, do you still have girls that let you sniff coke off their asses? <laughs> or that's only in the Wall Street. You know, I'm sober for a long time now. You know, but I, as I always say, and you know, I. People said, would you, would you do it all again? I said, well, you know, I would change some things, but I wouldn't change the cocaine hookers. Not, <laughs> <laughs> not but listen, I'm, you know, <laughs> I got to be honest. All right? <laughs> no, I, said, I said it yesterday on, on, on like on a major Fox, and she goes, of course you wouldn't. <laughs> no, but the, the point is not because I like them so much. You know? but, the, but, the, but, you know, listen, I'm, for, I'm 55 now, right? I got a woman in my life. I love my, 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 my wife, right? And I'm pre and your heart can't take it anymore. I'm pre-disaster. <laughs> well, uh, right. yeah, yeah. pre I already got it out of my system. She knows I'm not going to go out and do it again. So would I do it again? No. But, you know, what that was, it represents a life that I had. Mm -hmm. And that, that was part of me. It's a platform I can help other people. So, right. uh, But I would change the stuff that caused that hurt other people, for sure. But self-destructive behavior, hey, you know, that was my life, you know. And it was, and it was fun at the time. I won't, I won't deny that, you know. Yeah. Uh, now you talk about trust a lot in here too. Yeah. And I was trying to apply this to what it is that we do as yeah. far as music and this business, this industry that we're in. And it's true, like, say for example, Jay-Z comes out with the album. We're all very familiar with Jay-Z, so we trust that, okay, we're definitely going to go and purchase this album and buy it and listen to it. It's a lot harder when you have a brand new artist that nobody knows to try to, and that's what Charlamagne was talking about, persuasion yeah. earlier. Yeah. Because we don't have anything to base that on, just like when you want to get somebody to uh, invest in something, buy something. Mm. It's a lot easier when it's a company that's established, it has a good track record, than something that we've never heard of before. Of course, yeah. Well, I think for people that have not been heard of before, right, this is their first time, well, that's why you want to put some stuff out there for free. That's what free samples are all about. Right. When a company, there's no difference in music when a company like a Procter & Gamble wants to introduce a new product, they'll give out free samples to everybody. 
right? Because if it's if the, if it's awesome and it's great, people will use it once and want to use it again. Mm -hmm. So the idea is like, for instance, when I was going out there and first teaching the straight line system around the world, now it's very well known. Um, in the beginning, when it wasn't so well known, what I did is I posted stuff on 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 YouTube. Let I said let them have some stuff for free. Let them get a sample of it. And if they like it and they see the value, well, then they'll want to learn a lot more and then they'll buy it. So that's I'm a big believer. If, you're, if I was a musician, I'd be putting free mixtapes. I'd put stuff. That's I'd, what they do. I'd put it all out there. And you know what? And it, sooner or later, the right person, you'll hear, you'll, you'll say, wow, this is great. Mm -hmm. Then you get them on your show. Next thing you know, they start building a following. And that's how, listen, Unless Jay-Z started great, because first of all, the product has to be great. And if the product's not, well, then there you go. So mm -hmm. at, at the end of the day, it comes down to the product being great. And, I, and, and, and that's what I said. I don't think you should use sales to, to make something that's great. Sell, if it sucks, you shouldn't be selling it, okay? The idea is to sell great things to people and help them.